Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to a funny edition, <laughs> an unusual, exceptional edition. The I will teach you a language podcast. I don't intend to talk about language learning in this episode at all. I am. Um, I thought I'd give you a, uh, a slightly different perspective on the COVID nineteen coronavirus outbreak um, by relating it to something that happened to me about eight years ago, uh, which was one of the most scary moments of my life, and uh, I think actually gives me some cause for hope in this current. <laughs> situation so i'm going to tell you all about that um, apologies for not recording so many episodes recently it's um, been a busy time and uh, i'm actually out on the street right now i've actually um, decided to self-isolate here in london for a while yeah for various various reasons i i wasn't feeling wasn't feeling very well at the end of last week and it was i didn't have any any corona symptoms or anything like that but i just felt a little bit little bit sick and slightly short of breath which was kind of very unusual for me because I never really get that so I just thought it was uh, prudent given the most recent advice from the government here in the UK yesterday to to stay at home for a while so I'm doing that but we are allowed out for exercise so here I am walking down the street getting a bit of exercise doing a bit of shopping and uh, talking to you on the podcast. Now, um, before we get into today's episode, I mean, I just wanted to say, first of all, that I hope that you and your family and friends and loved ones are all safe. I know by the nature of this, this, uh, this epidemic, this pandemic, we're all going to be faced with some quite difficult situations, um, some of us more than others. So just to say that you have my my best wishes from from London to wherever you happen to be around the world. Uh, so please stay safe. I also want to thank the sponsors of the show, and you know today is no <laughs> no exception. The wonderful uh, iTalkie have been supporting the show now for for many years, and I actually think that in the current climate, over the next few months as we're all kind of locked down and not travelling at all, <laughs> that iTalkie is actually going to really come into its own because a lot of us are going to be able to keep our language lessons and our language practice going in spite of not being able to leave the house. Precisely because with iTalkie you can take language lessons at home. That's why they are so great and why I love them so much as a company. And if you'd like to get a free lesson to help kickstart your corona isolation, then uh, please head over to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free lesson and you'll be able to sign up to a few lessons and uh, you know use some of this time to keep your language learning progressing see I told you I wasn't going to talk about language learning but I actually managed to sneak something in there so every cloud has a silver lining and I, I you know I, we were actually dealing with that this week because as some of you may know over on our kind of our, our sister business uh, the, the Langpreneur uh, podcast uh, we are running an event, well, we were due to run an event in Berlin coming up on the 28th and 29th of March, which is the Langpreneur Business Breakthrough event. And it's, it's 
I spent months preparing and planning the event. I actually, I actually travelled to Brussels last week to see my friend Jan, who I work on, who I work with on this on this business, and we actually did a complete run through of the entire weekend, um, practicing it, rehearsing it, changing things. Um, and I, 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 I'm so excited about it because I've put so much work into creating this. The, the, uh, the whole objective of the weekend was to teach people everything that I've learned about building a successful language business. And uh, now we had to cancel the Berlin event for obvious reasons. But we kind of got to thinking and, um, you know, this, this whole every cloud has a silver lining thing. I, um, I, I found this to be very much true in business as well. You know, it's through some of the most, we all have setbacks. But it's very rare that a setback doesn't have a huge positive associated with it. And often all you have to do is, is find it and uncover it and, it and it's there to be had. And that's happened this time, I think, with the, with the Lampreneur event because, see, originally what we had planned was a, a two-day weekend event. So lots of people, got dozens of people coming from all around the world um, who want to learn to grow an online language business. And originally it was just going to be the weekend, right? Just Saturday and Sunday. So we've we kind of got our thinking caps on and we thought, well, how can we make this even better? You know, how can we, you know, if we had to make this whole event even more valuable for people, what would we do? And so we've made a whole bunch of kind of sweeping changes. And I think we've come up with something that's even better. So we've... Um, we're now running the event itself online on Zoom during the weekend. You know, same time, same same dates, everything's the same. But we're, we're running it online, um, so everyone kind of gets to gets to learn what they came to learn for. But then we've added a whole bunch of extra things. So we're going to have some uh, some online networking and mastermind groups. We're running a mastermind weekend later in the year in Berlin um, in the autumn when everything clears up a bit, um, and we are adding a bunch of extra things in, like some, some sort of free consultations and things like that. And we've kind of ended up with a package that is actually much more uh, valuable and beneficial than what we originally had planned. And so, you know, we kind of sent out an email last night to, to the group, posted in the Facebook group, and, um, and everyone was very, very positive about it and um, is now super excited about, what's, uh, uh, about what we've got planned. So this was just a real kind of case in point for me how every cloud have, has a silver lining. Now, I, <laughs> I think for most of us, to be fair, in this current situation, I don't know exactly what the silver lining is to the coronavirus, but I'm sure there will be some, you know, even if it's, even if it's nothing more than the fact that we will not take so much stuff for granted, then that will be a silver lining, I think, and will enable us to value our, value what we have a little bit more. But anyway, I wanted to tell you just for a kind of point of comparison, what happened to me in Japan in 2012. So I was, I forget the exact date, was it March the 12th, 2012 or something like that. I was, was it 2011? I'm kind of getting a bit confused now. Uh, I was on the 10th floor of, a, of an office block in Tokyo, in Japan, taking a Japanese uh, level test, placement test for a Japanese class. And the building began to shake, began to rock back and forth. And it was kind of, you know, a kind of mild earthquake. And some of the teachers came into the room where I was taking this, this test and said, oh, well, you know, don't worry, this is, we get these little tremors all the time. But of course, uh, it was not just a little tremor, it carried on, it got worse. And, you know, a full, 
four or five minutes later, after the building was shaking so swinging so violently from one side to the next, that I was convinced it was going to come down and we were all doomed. Um, after a very long four or five minutes, I mean, it stopped and we all kind of rushed down. And, and um, the earthquake itself was over, but then came what proved to be an actually, uh, actually a much worse set of uh, circumstances. Because obviously in the north there was the tsunami, which didn't affect me directly because I was hundreds of miles to the south. But the Fukushima uh, nuclear plant then started to implode. And what happened over the next few weeks was a really powerful psychological experience which was really terrifying because much like the coronavirus it was a thing that you couldn't see. So the fear at the time for everybody in Tokyo was that the Fukushima plant was going to sort of expel nuclear uh, radioactive gas or steam or whatever, the, or whatever it is into the air and then a strong northeasterly wind would then blow that radioactive material all over Tokyo and basically flood the whole, the whole city. And so we were all kind of living on the edge thinking, well, what on earth is going to happen? But then it got a lot worse because what they later discovered after a couple of days was that the radio, because of the, the damage to the Fukushima power plant, the, um, the radioactive material had started to seep into, this, into the ocean and into the water supply. So now people started saying, well, hang on, can we, is it actually safe to drink water? Because if water, if our drinking water has got radioactive material in it, then you know, um, we cannot be drinking it. And nobody had a clear answer. And you know, I think the one thing that everybody is fairly clear on at times like this is that you cannot trust the government and this goes for any government. I mean, the Japanese government is just as, just as bad as anywhere else because they tend to kind of take a very uh, authoritarian approach when it suits them. Uh, you know, Japan is very de democratic in lots of ways, but there is also, um, you know, they also have a tendency when it comes to big kind of national interests, such as uh, TEPCO in this case, which was the, the Japanese uh, power, national power company who, who uh, administered the nuclear power plants. They wanted to retain confidence in, in the Japanese nuclear power industry, and uh, you know it subsequently emerged that they were covering up all kinds of bad news that was emerging from the uh, from the power plant, from the Fukushima power plant. And so um, everybody was right to be scared, and we were everybody th at that point then was thinking, "Wow, well, we we can't even drink the water." Yes, there was some kind of panic buying going on, although Japan being Japan, uh, everything was very well managed. So when you went to the local 7-Eleven to buy water, you were rationed to like two bottles of water per person or something. And of course, people stuck to that. So it was very calm and controlled, not like some of the scenes we've been seeing uh, in Australia and I think recently in the UK as well, over people kind of like getting into fights in supermarkets because someone took the, the last pack of toilet roll. I, I don't know. So there was, there was no panic buying, but there were shortages, and that was very clear. And uh, there was, so there was just this kind of real panic. So there's a real sense of panic from stuff that you, from this, from this threat that you couldn't see. You couldn't see the radiation. You couldn't see what might or might not be in the water. And uh, 
And so it, it kind of got me thinking the other day about how the coronavirus situation compares to that in Japan because you know they're both enemies that we can't see. Part of the reason I think Trump's been getting into trouble in the US is because he's kind of you know he's going from gone from saying first of all that it's a, the coronavirus is a, is, a, is a Chinese hoax through to onto kind of calling it a foreign virus or something uh, and blaming you know basically trying to find a scapegoat but the thing is that the rules don't apply in this situation because there's no other country and other country to point the finger to you can't just uh, you know it's not it's not an easily identifiable uh, enemy it's not an easily identifiable threat it's not visible and so it's something that really kind of plays on your on your psychology and so this is the second time that I've encountered this in, in my life and I have to say that I think on balance the situation in Japan post post-earthquake and tsunami was a lot worse. It was a lot more frightening. I think because there was, you know, the thing is with, with, with coronavirus, we, we, we've seen it coming for a couple of months now. We've known it's, it's on the way and there's a kind of a sense of impending difficulty, but it's, it's and, and it's not really under control, but at least it's kind of, it's measurable and it's in some way in some small way quantifiable um, it's also you know with the exception of very vulnerable groups it's also thought to be not particularly dangerous for most people so you know in in that sense it's not uh, it's not something which the you know that everybody is extremely worried about um, or, or if you are worried, it's more likely to be for, for you know, elderly relatives or people with underlying health conditions rather than yourself. Um, whereas the situation in Tokyo was, was very, very fast moving. It was very, very sudden. It affected the radiation, obviously, affected everybody. And there was this kind of apocalyptic feeling because, because you know, there were millions of people in Tokyo and all it would take was for one kind of gust of wind in the wrong direction for this radioactive cloud to be blown over the city or, or the water supply to be poisoned and um, so yeah this is not to diminish in any way what's going on right now because um, there's nothing to be uh, complacent about whatsoever but as with a lot of things you know once you've been through something once it uh, takes just a little bit more to to make you cry the second time and um, so for what it's worth I hope that um, is at least <laughs> at least helps to give give some uh, some context or some food for thought so I think a lot of us are going to be uh, hunkered down with hatches battened down over the next uh, over the weeks and months to come so uh, I want to wish you all the best of luck with that I think it's a great opportunity to get some language learning done there you go that's the second way I've, I've managed to uh, tie language learning into this episode so a couple of things that we are that we are doing over here to to help with that uh, first of all if you are um, in the in the groups of people who is interested in creating an online language business, if you want to take your language skills and uh, actually use them to replace your your income and do something that you love, then uh, you can join our business breakthrough event coming up on the 28th and 29th of March. This wasn't possible before because you would have had to come all the way to Berlin, but now you can join it online and you're going to get a whole host of extra 
masterminds and consulting things, and including the, uh, the, the Berlin meetup in the autumn as well, um, which is all actually thanks to the current situation. So if you'd like to join that, go to langpreneur.com and then go to the events page, uh, the events tab in the menu and look for the business breakthrough event. The second thing we're going to be doing is making it a little bit easier to, uh, to get hold of our language courses. So for our uncovered courses, which are our beginner courses, in which we have in uh, Spanish, French, Italian, German, and Japanese, we're going to be making uh, payment plans available for all of those. So that if you are interested in, you want to use this time to learn a language, learn a new language, or brush up on an old one, then you can um, enroll in these courses for a, uh, I mean, the, the, the amount itself will be the same, but you're able to, to stage the payment so it's much more much more affordable so you don't have to take so much of a, um, of a, you don't have to make such a big payment up front. Those will, we're going to be introducing that in the next couple of days. So if you'd like to find out more about that, just head over to iwillteachyourlanguage.com, uh, click through to any of the uncovered courses, and we'll make sure the information about that is clearly um available for you and i guess the third thing i'm going to be doing is doing more of these podcasts so if you're stuck at home lounging in the bath or whatever it may be you've got uh, something to listen to which will hopefully be a little bit more upbeat than this one than this particular episode but will give you something to um, to keep your spirits high and keep your language learning going through this difficult time so that is uh that's that for today I will be back very soon with more. And until then, please take great care. Look after uh, everybody who needs looking after. And I'll see you very, very soon. You know, on this podcast, we spend a lot of time talking about quite advanced concepts and ideas in language learning. But I also have a series of courses which are for beginners. Because actually, more often than not, people come to me and say, look, Ollie, I just want to learn this new language as a complete beginner. I want to learn Spanish or learn Japanese or learn French. You know, what do you have for me? And this is why over the last few years or so, I've been developing out this series of courses, which, you know, I, everyone claims their method is the best, right? So all I'm going to say about these courses is that I've created these courses the way that I would like to learn a new language myself if I were starting out from the beginning. So, you know, it's it's my thing, it's, my, it's what I recommend. That's as much as I can say about them. The special thing about these courses, the unique thing, is that you learn through story. So, you know, I don't go in for any of these kind of technology gimmicks and apps and flashing lights and funny noises and things like that. I teach you through story. So right from day one, I get you reading a story in the language. You're reading, you're listening, right from the beginning, even when you don't understand very much. And then I come in and teach you through these video lessons. I help you uncover the language from the pages of the story, which is why these, course, these courses are called Uncovered Courses. Spanish Uncovered, Japanese Uncovered, Italian Uncovered. It really is a way to learn the language to a very deep level. You won't get the same instant gratification that you get from Duolingo, but what you will get is a solid foundation and thorough education in the language that is going to give you all the groundwork you need to go on to become fluent in the language. If you'd like to find out more about these, simply head over to IWillTeachYouALanguage.com and look for the courses option in the menu bar. That's IWillTeachYouALanguage.com and click on courses in the menu bar. That will show you all the different uh, beginner courses that we have. Uh, in all the various different languages. Once again, that is IWillTeachYouALanguage.com and click on Courses in the menu bar.